Welcome to the Shooting the Cue podcast, presented by Heath Riles Barbecue, with tips, tricks, and an inside look with some of the top pitmasters in the game. Now here's your host, Heath Riles. Welcome back to another episode of Shooting the Cue. Today I'm joined with, of course, my lovely wife Candace. And our good friend, Big Mo Kason. How you doing, Big Mo? Man, I am so good, man. Glad to be here, man. That's our first time at the uh, Heath Riles headquarters. I love it. Thank you. I'm so glad I finally got you in here. I know during Memphis in May and, and when you've been in town before, we've always been so busy. We've never yeah. been able to sit down. Yes, sir. It's usually just a quick dinner and back out of town or yep. usually something like that. Or we've got to be up early the next morning and can't really do anything. You're right about that. So for everybody that does not know who you are, kind of tell everybody who you are and how you got started in the barbecue. Well, I'm okay, son. I'm from Des Moines, Iowa, corn-fed, Midwest boy. Uh, come from a large family. My grandmother has 17 kids. Uh, they originally, the roots are from the south, and they worked their way up to uh, Missouri, central Missouri, Glasgow, Sedalia, my grandpa and my grandmother. And then from there, they went up to Des Moines. And then, uh, so I've been around... A lot of people, man, my whole life, man, a lot of family, which is a, a blessing. So uh, from Des Moines, Iowa, man, I uh, blessed to be where I'm from. Um, and uh, so I got a sister, a uh, twin sister, actually, and then uh, twins run in every generation. So my grandfather's a twin. My grandmother had a couple sets of twins. I'm a twin. So it's just, just strong. We, we, we are a tight squad. So uh, I love my family. I love uh, uh, getting out. I love barbecue, obviously, and uh, I love all the people that I've met over the years. But started out, I uh, went in the Navy. Uh, I've always been around barbecue. My grandmother, we always had get-togethers, you know, July 4th, Memorial Day, you know, Labor Day, things of that nature. And so we always were cooking out at the park or in my grandma's backyard or my, our, our backyard or my aunt's or uncle's backyard. So I've always been a person who loved the grill. Those are the positive memories I have coming up. You know what I mean? I've had a lot of hardships in my life, but those have always been the great positive moments, moments I had in my life. So it's always been a good thing for me. And then when I got out of the Navy in 93, uh, I got cooking again. You know, I loved it. I loved it. I bought me a little Walmart Brinkman <laughs> offset, non-insulated piece of crap. And I remember on my back deck, and this is before I knew anything about TV shows. Nothing. You know what I mean? Uh, like competition shows. I didn't know anything about that. And I started seeing stuff like that. So I don't know if you want to segue to that, but it was just one of those things where I was cooking my backyard and a neighbor across the street had like a traditional offset, which I thought was the cat's meow. Because I had this little, you know, <laughs> sixty nine ninety nine I mean, offset. And <clears throat> I knew what I was doing. You know, and, you know, but I didn't have the great equipment like, you know, he had. and But he was very proud about his product coming off that grill. But I always thought to myself, man, I cook better than that in my back deck. I mean, didn't say it to his face because I'm a humble dude, but I'm like, yeah. And he would always say, yeah, man, try this brisket, man. Here, try this. It's pork butt, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, okay, yeah, it's pretty good, man. It's pretty good. And he never had any of my stuff. And then one day, I cooked a brisket. And he was really proud about his pit. He was this and that. He was, you know, he's one of them hot shot kind of guys, you know, jaw jacking. And uh, I remember giving a slice of my brisket. And he was shook. His whole face was just tore up. <laughs> and at that same time, it's when I started seeing Barbecue All-Stars, you know, the early 
barbecue shows with Tuffy and some of these people. <clears throat> and I'm just looking at the TV glue, and I'm thinking, they actually have barbecue contests like this? I didn't, didn't, I had no idea. And I was hooked. I was hooked, 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 hooked. And I said, this is something that I want to do. But I worked for the city as a water treatment operator. I think I got out of the Navy. Did 24 years there. Midnight water treatment operator. Living paycheck to paycheck. My wife works at a phone company. I worked at the water company. And I looked to start Googling. Well, by the time I wouldn't even Google, but I would start searching what uh, what these pits were costing. And I'm thinking, damn. There were thousands of dollars. I mean, it just blew my mind. So I lived, I got out of the Navy. I bought this little house down the street. And the same block I live on to this day. And my buddy owned it. I got out of the Navy and I bought it for $24,000. It was a 600 square, 800 square foot ranch. One of them started homes they built back in the mid-40s. People came back from the war. And I bought this little house. Had my first two kids in that car. I got four daughters. My first kid was going on the second kid. She was born. She was little. I got all four girls. And this, these stuff were going on, you know, and I'm thinking... Man, I'm gonna make. I'm, I don't, I'm, not, I'm, I'm a person who doesn't want to go to the bank and borrow money. I just don't. Um, I don't have any credit card debt. I just, I'm just old country boy like that. I just pay things with cash. It's not the smartest thing to do, but I don't have no debt. So, I said, how am I gonna get this? How am I gonna make money to get a pit? Because that's what I really wanted. And I, my wife was like, well, why don't we buy the house up on the corner? It was a little house that just got freshly redone. It's an 1896 home. And I said, let's buy it. So we bought it. I took that house, and I remember going down there. And I got homeboys that do drywall, concrete, electrician. You know, I had homeboys do everything. So I remember taking a hammer and hitting that plaster wall. And I'm like, is this what you want to do? And what I did was I got that house, a little 800-square-foot house. I got it down to bare studs. And I went to Habitat for Humanity, and I got, like, cabinets donated. I, got, I went to get the scratch-a-dent paint, you know, paint where someone got a blend they didn't like. And I would open it up, and there would be a little swath on the top. You know, oh, that color's nice. I'd go to Lowe's. They have a dent in a refrigerator, but it's like, you know, a $1,300, $1,400 refrigerator, but I bought it for $700 because it had a dent, but it's going in the sliding, so I don't have to worry about it. And I remember taking this house down to Bear Studs, and I took a whole year of my paycheck at Waterworks, paid everybody cash, didn't go to the bank. It took a whole year to do this. And I remember getting this little house done. And I remember the realtor coming over and putting it on the market. And it sat on the market for one week. And I sold it. I had $11,000, no joke, of actual capital in this house, of fixing it up. $11,000 of my hard-earned money that I was making, probably $50-some-thousand dollars a year at Waterworks as a water treatment operator. And I remember selling it for... which to me blew my mind. I remember the realtor coming in and giving me my check for my difference. I owed like, I don't know, 18. I owed like $21,000 on the house. They gave me the check of the difference. And I said, American baby. (laughs) Capitalism, yeah, baby. Well, Kason's getting this pit. And I went and bought my (laughs) first old hickory. I had an old hickory SDLX. Remember those? Mm -hmm. Single shelf. It had a little open trailer. had a roof. And the floor and the little front wings. That was it. Jumper Jim's one of Jumper Jim's old trailers. And I haven't heard nobody say that name in 10 years. Yeah. And I bought one of those trailers. And I remember I did my first cook off. 
And it was in 2006, June, at the Iowa State Fairgrounds. It's called the Pork Barber Glosses. Remember that? Mm-hmm. It was an all-pork category funded by the National uh, Iowa Pork, National Pork Board. It's been going up. When, at that point, it was going on for 20 years, whatever's been happening. And I remember coming down in my truck and my pit and seeing the smoke in the air, seeing all the different pits and all the different people. I didn't know who there. I mean, I didn't work, but I didn't know who Johnny Twig was. I didn't know. I didn't know all those guys. I, I just knew a few of them from the TV shows. And I remember coming down in that area, and I remember saying, man, this is where I need to be. This is where I need to be. And I remember it was all pork category. You had to cook whole hog, loin, shoulder, and ribs to be grand champion. My first cook-off I've ever done. And I remember cooking the cook-off, and I did it by myself. And that's kind of one of those my MO thing. I'm a one-man team except for Memphis. You know, you got to have a squad for that. Yeah, you do. Yeah. And I remember cooking that hog. Now, I was proud as all get out with all my entries, but the hog look a hog was a color of that kind of that. I thought I did a good job. I thought I did a good job. Well, I mean, that's the way when you first get into cooking. Was that your first whole hog you cooked? Yes. I'm gonna tell you, I've probably cooked Probably over 250. That's a good moderate number to go by whole hogs. And I've burnt some up like that before, trying to learn. I mean, I'm not going to say I didn't. you got to tear some stuff up first before you get it right. I, you do. That's the first and the only time I ever got DQ'd for a cook-off, too. I, I didn't go to the cook's meeting because I didn't know that you're supposed to go to cook's meeting. And I remember the rep walking up to me. And she goes, Mo Kason? I go, yeah. I'm sorry, but I'm going to have to DQ you for the pork loin category. And I'll say, for what? And I cooked these beautiful double bone Duroc pork chops. Berkshire, actually. Because I'm from Iowa. We got to get pork. I put three double bone chops in there. All I heard was six, but I'm thinking, okay, I just thought they just cut off pieces and eat and pass it around. Yeah. She goes, so did you go to Cook's meeting? I go, no, I didn't go to Cook's meeting. She goes, well, how come? And I said, I thought the Cook's meeting is for people who don't know how to cook. That's how I really thought how, how it was. She goes, no. Cook's meeting is supposed to tell you the rules of the contest and what you needed. You had six identical bio pieces in the box. I was like, man. And it was the only time I ever got DQ for a cook-off, man, uh, for an entry. So since then, how many contests have you cooked? I would say you cooked probably, a lot for a while. Yeah, I cooked probably about 200 and – I know it's over 250. 270. You know, because I cooked IBCA, I cooked K, uh, J, JB, GBA, I've cooked FBA, uh, FBA. I've cooked a lot of different sanctioned bodies. So, uh, what year did you retire from the water company? Because 2017. And that's I, when you kind of really hit the road pretty hard, 2018, 2019. You no, so I, was two, two, I started competing in 2006, and then I left the water company in 2017, November, because I was launching my rubs. Like, that was the first opportunity that I got to really launch my rubs. And that was Academy Sports emailed me. And um, I haven't looked back since. It was the best thing I I ever did. I feel like you were still traveling a lot when you were still working, too, though. Oh, I did, man. I would do. I remember you talking about seeing you places and you talking about you were still working. I would do a 40-hour-week job, get ready for a cook-off, middle of the week, and then have everything ready to go. And then I would take off. Roll out, come back. Well, you were in Illinois with us one time cooking, and you had to leave to get home before awards. Yeah. Uh, you, you pulled up late to even get there yep. because you drove all night, yep. and then you cooked, 
And then I remember before awards, you said, well, I got to go. If I win something, y'all let me know. Mail, me, go to, back to work. mail me the stuff. I got to get back to get home. It was, I mean, uh, my job, I was a water, midnight water treatment operator. That's what I did for a living. I treated water. I did that in the Navy. I steamed boogalers. I did water treatment uh, on board, like on the USS Missouri battleship and then off the USS Peleliu. And that was my job. And then I got out. And then within within a year, I got on the water treatment plant. And I did that for 24 years. And that was my job. 11 to 7, 11 to 7, Monday to Friday. And so I've got a, I've been very fortunate to be able to do what I love. A lot of people don't get that opportunity. My wife told me back in the day, man, she says, I allow you to do this. Mm-hmm. I got four babies. But she understood. This is, I mean, she, she thought in the beginning it was just a fling. Oh, you just want to do buggy patches. You see it. I said, no, this ain't a fling. I this, really, this is really, going to be for real. This is this is what I like. I don't know how it's going to come. You know, I remember, man, back in the day, man, I said, I said we had straight rabbit ears, man. I would calculate my headwind. If I'm going out to western Nebraska to cook off, say North Platte, I would look at the, literally look at the wind and look at the headwind, and I would know exactly what my truck did, my diesel got, my Dodge, and I would kind of calculate, and I would put that, put that amount of gas in, man, with a little cushion to go. And I would calculate that to the cook-off and to the back back home. And there was a couple times it bit me in the ass where the wind changed and I, and I, and, and I was gonna, not going to make it home. And I remember having to go to Walgreens, go to Western Union, and call my wife. And you were talking about to ask for $40. You thought I was asking for blood. And she made me feel, she. I mean, we got babies at home. You know what I'm saying? And she said, you shouldn't be doing Something hobby, you know, whatever that you know you can't afford to do it. And I told her, I remember I came home after that, and I said, "I'm gonna tell you something." I said, "I'm gonna tell you something." This is back in the day. I said, "I love what I do," and I said, "One day barbecue's gonna pay me back." At the time, she was like, "Okay, yeah." And as things progressed throughout my life in this barbecue field, it has, and it's been a blessing. But it's because I kept it real. And, and I kept it real to barbecue, and barbecue's been real to me. And so how many products do you have currently? I've got six rubs, and I actually got like four sauces, but um, one I haven't put back in production because um, I need to, and that's probably the new one I'm going to do. Is it's the one, my first sauce I ever made was my raspberry chipotle glaze, which is fire. Yours is good. I've had that. And But I haven't uh, done it because my co-packer, uh, I use fresh raspberries in my, in my sauce. And fresh raspberries are very inconsistent. He wanted to use frozen raspberries. And even though it's real raspberries, once you freeze them, it changes the process with them. It just does. Um, it's still good because people have never had it. They're like, but if you had my raspberry chipotle, if I made fresh scratch raspberry, it has great shelfability. Um, you can put it in your refrigerator a year, come back and taste it, and it still tastes like I, fresh, like you, I freshly made it. But it's, the prices are like this when you use fresh raspberries, you know. They just and that co packers don't want that. They want consistency. They want to be able to go and get a, a bag of frozen raspberries for a certain price and they know they can get it January to December. So I need it for next year, early next year, I'm gonna bring that out as a special. I'm gonna make like maybe four or five, six hundred cases and just put that out. It'll be gone like like because people have been asking me for years about that raspberry chipotle glaze. So which one of these rubs are your favorite or which one of your products are your favorite so far? Man, I am proud of all my rubs because all my rubs I made in my kitchen. And my daughter and my wife, my wife and my daughters were all my guinea pigs. And I used that out in competition. You know, win, lose, or draw. You know, if I got 18th place in brisket, I was proud because that's me. That's me. You know? Um, and then when I get a top five, that's me. So it's been, it's been a blessing for me to do that. 
And I would say for all of my rubs. It's kind of hard. It's hard for me to answer that question. My pork rub is fine. My, my number one pork that sells in the Midwest is my pork rub. But it's very bold. If if anyone's had my rub, you know. I mean, a lot of people are like, oh, my God, it's, it's, hot. it's not hot. It's just I use really good ingredients in my rubs. So it costs me a little bit more to make my rubs than a lot of other people. But I know what I have. I mean, when the I sit down, mine's not don't have as much salt as yeah. a lot of people. When I sit down with with my co-packer, when I tell them I bring my recipe in, they'll bring in seven or eight black peppers, and I know what I make. And so when they bring these in, I taste that, like my fish and seafood rub, which has real lemon in it. They had to bring in like five or six lemon powders, and with only one, they tasted like my lemon pepper that I use. So it's like there's some that, that taste like Kool-Aid, you know, and there's some that So is that kind of your process? You go through and taste each spice I do. after Yeah, I know what fat. mine is. So they'll bring in, like, they'll bring in chili powders. They'll bring in so many chili powders. So, I don't just settle. So how come are you not just using what they're using to build your rubs off of to cut that process down in half? What are you talking about? They, they'll they bring in, they have chili powders. You know, they may have four, five, six, seven chili powders. But if they don't have the one, they'll bring in what I want. Like, for example, when I get my sauce made, my I-80 sauce, I use chili powder in it. But what I use at home, it's Tones. Tones chili powder. Well, my co-packer, Kansas City, does not have Tones in bulk. But he had a chili powder that tasted like Tones, but it was super dark, dark, dark burgundy, where mine's more of a Robust. red, red. But it tasted the same. So I could tell that this taste was had a lot of cumin in it, and this was... The chili powder that I'm, I went with because it tasted like tones, but it had a completely different color to it, which is just fine. It's fine in a, in a sauce. Yeah. Sauce is a little darker because of the uh, one. Well, not a little dark. It's not that bad, but you know what I mean. Because that's it's not a lot of chili powder. But those uh, everything else, everything I make, it's 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 exactly how I want it, and I haven't changed nothing or done anything since then from day one. And so it's just like a, that. That's a testament that I really feel like, you know. And some people like it, some people don't, but. My sales and what I've done in my little business has climbed every year since I've got on the shelf. It's just been a slow, steady, positive. Well, I mean, if you're hoping that, you're kind of like me, Mo. I don't think you listen to any of the naysay or any of the the what he did or what they did because you're going to do it your way. That's it. And if you do it your way... It's my way. Nobody's saying it's the right or the wrong way. It's your way. Exactly. And if you get there, you're very proud of it. And if you eventually start hitting obstacles, I'm sure you're like me. You might throw your hand up and go, I might need a little help to get over this obstacle here, well, buddy. Call one of your friends. But you don't give up because of it. Being, 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 knowing people like you, Heath, and, and, and I mean this, you and Candace, you guys are good people. I know a lot of people, and there's very few people that I call my friends. Appreciate that. And you and Candace were my friends, Bobby, my friends. And I take that to heart. And I I truly believe that, man. And it's like I said, I know a lot of people, but man, you guys have been just just rock solid, awesome good people, man. And it's an honor to know you guys and to call you call you my friends. Well, it was so cool to me seeing you at Memphis in May this year when you made finals. Dude. I mean, it's been a long time coming. And to see the emotion that you had. And the feeling that you had, I'm getting chills talking about. I'm getting right chills too right now, dude. You are gonna have me start crying? I'm just well, making it's, it's uh, no one. Seriously, else, no one else has. If you've not been in those shoes and had your name on that piece of paper, you can't get that feeling. Yeah, this, 
I'm going to tell you. That's my way of describing it. There is no other. I'm going to tell you this. And I've been very fortunate to do a lot of cook-offs all over this great country. And there's a lot of great cook-offs out there. Don't get me wrong. But the only contest at my age of 57 and what I want to do, the only one I really, really, only contest I want to win is Memphis and May. I'm right there with you. I want to win first place pork, shoulder, and I want to win the whole thing. That's the only contest that I want to win. I love Memphis and May. I love the people of Memphis and May. I've never had, I just love the ambiance of it, and I love the prestige and the historic nature of Memphis and May. People don't understand. There's a lot of turbulence going on right now, but you can best believe Mo Case is going to be in Memphis and May. And, and so bringing that up, what's your feeling on all the Memphis and May stuff going on? It's sad. It really is. It's, it's sad that, that people in Memphis cannot get together and figure out Memphis and May championship. And I've never been to the music festival, but that brings so much to the city, so much positivity to the city. It just does. And then to have, and I'll be honest, man, to have a contest the same weekend. It's weird. It is, um, it's ratchet to me. I'm going to just tell you that right now. Well, and, and I don't know if you feel the same way I do, but without it being the world championship, it really don't have the prestige to make you want to go cook it. You know, it, they, I, they can offer the money, but money, seriously, it's not at the end of the day, money's not everything. I'm going to tell you that right now. I'm a very blessed man. I am not no rich person. I'm just a working dude, but I'm a person that when I invest in something that I really care about, that's all that matters. I don't care if that contest was the $500,000. Now, you can call me a fool all you want. I don't care. You know what I want? When I walk into my bed, bed you know what's, where, what's, what's in my living room right now? All them trophies that I've won over the years are in the garage. I'm pretty sure. The only trophy that's sitting, the only trophy that's sitting in Mo Quezon house right now, sitting on a Jack Daniels whiskey barrel liquor cabinet, is my third place shoulder that I got last year. Dude, and I got, that is... The only trophy that's sitting in my house right now. Everything else is out in the garage. Well, this is no joke. That's how ours were. That's how ours were. The only trophy that was really in the house was the Memphis May trophy. And it's set by the mantle mm-hmm. with a, you know, fireplace and all that. But since we have the office and a podcast studio, we did bring it back up here yeah. and get it out of the house. But that was the only trophy at home. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's, it it's was, just to me, I, I walk in there, man, and I got nothing but fond memories. I, I, I mean, People when that I've, has not cooked that contest, though, and walked that stage and has got that feeling and has been with your friends and been just right moment, right place, right time, right feelings, right atmosphere, it's uh, an experience that you can't duplicate at another contest. I, I love the flow of Memphis. I love the Southern people. Even though I'm from Iowa, man, I'm Southern in my heart. I really am, man. I mean, I may eat corn and eat pickle wraps. But I'm going to tell you, son. Pickle wraps. Hold yeah. on now. What, what is a pickle wrap? It's ham, pickled, uh, a dill pickle, some cream cheese. Oh, yeah, wrapped up in the. Oh, yeah, well, that sounds that's right. a That ain't bad. Yeah, yeah, that's good, man. I didn't but, know, you know what you was talking about. Yeah, but you know what I'm saying? That's seriously. I mean, I just, uh, I look forward to that contest every year. I really do. And uh, I just come <clears throat> hang out and making make finals for the first time after seven years of, you know, cooking. I cried, man. Oh, yeah. When they I've, came I've and brought the there. sheet to me, dude, I broke down and cried. And I don't do that 
unless I truly, truly care and love about what I do and what I and the cook off. Now tell me that, and you just like me, you pulled everything together. But when those four judges come to your area, it's like holy shit, this is real. Yeah, and when they four judges came, I really wasn't prepared. <laughs> I mean, I cooked the extra shoulder for that, but you know, you got seven years of not making finals, so it's like it's a it's different approach. And when they came, I was like, oh my god. So I didn't have everything in place that I really wanted to be in place, and. The worst you can do is third place, and that's what I got. So, you know? so let me ask you this: Now knowing that, coming oh. out of twenty three, going oh, into twenty four, I'm ready. You ready? You done, ready. done some. You done got. I'm your ready. I'm ready. Together. I know. I know what I'm doing. I know the pit I'm bringing down. My team, they're just awesome. Are you more organized this year? Than I you've would ever be more been? organized. I learned so much from you guys. Came in, uh, and that's another thing to tell you about the barbecue family. I did honestly. He, I didn't know. I've never been in that situation before, making finals, ever. When I heard you made it, I said, we ain't in it. We already know. Gather all this garnish up, go yonder way. I mean, you guys went down there, man, and and, and Heath Ross team members came down. They were helping me decorate the pit. That is barbecue family, dude. And I would never, ever, ever forget that. That's the way we roll. Yep. I mean, that's the only way to be. I mean, 100%. Mm -hmm. I mean, the way I look at it, if, if I ain't going to be in the hunt, one of my friends is in it, let's get them over the edge. Whatever the, what, what can we do to help? It's just uh, I mean, I've learned so much, and I'm looking forward to next year. I just love Memphis and May. I just love love all the people, man. And and um, um, that is the one cook-off I do every year. That's the one cook I will do every year. Well, maybe this year you won't have to rush off, and I think I'm going to take me a little breather after Memphis this year. And You know, my farm will be finished. The lodge oh, we're building out wait. there. So maybe you'll get to hang out after Memphis and May. You'll stay in town a few days Hell and then go yeah. hang out. And we'll, Hell yeah. Maybe that's when we can shoot another podcast and maybe do some cooking videos together. Oh, I would love to do some cooking videos. Get you videos. out there and just hang out at the farm. And, uh, you know, we'll always shoot a few things, you know, yeah, yeah. bring out the toys. Yeah, that's right. That's right. I'll bring some toys down too. Well, you do. <laughs> well we just can't leave them in your truck near Memphis. We'll bring them out here and store them <laughs> in safety until <laughs> Memphis is over. Sadly. With. Yep. yep. Yeah, well, that's for sure. Well, look, Mo, I just want to tell you, I appreciate you coming on the show and hanging out with us. And it's always good for people to hear your story. I mean, it's it's so hard when people live in different parts of the country to catch up with them. We see each other at events, and yeah. we're always so busy at those events trying to take care of our fans and, yeah. and, and other people coming up to us and organizers. It's so hard to really sit down and have a heartfelt conversation. Yeah, man. I, I love you guys. I love you and Candace. You guys are just good peeps, man. And uh, I'll do you guys' podcast anytime, man. Well, that's what it's all about. And that's why we love shooting the cue. And, Mo, where can everybody find you at? I got uh, – I need to do better at it. But, you know, I've got – I'm on Instagram. I'm on Facebook. Uh, I'm on TikTok. My daughter's like, Dad, you need to start stepping that up. I'm like, I'll do Instagram. I do TikTok, but I'll be doing that. I've got some good stuff on deck for uh, next year. Uh, Everything under Big Mo Kason? Yeah, Big Mo Kason or Mo Kason, yeah. So um, I'm good friends with Steve Harvey, and so I gotta be, I'm got to be. i going over to De uh, Abu Dhabi. Oh, I saw that uh, online. Yeah, we're going to be doing that. First uh, barbecue festival over there. So I'll bring my boy Bob over there. And then I love cooking for the military. Uh, well, you've done a lot of military cooking because yeah. you're in a village. You've cooked on some of the battleships. Yeah, I've cooked, and you on, cooked on the ship you was on, right? Well, I didn't cook on there. I just, they just gave me a private tour of my old, my old ship. There's a museum over there, Museum of Missouri. I was the last crew on that ship. So they found my rack, my locker, 
everything's still the same was when I left it in 1992. Wow. Really? Yeah, and no one can go down that birthing. I mean, they don't. That, that that's not part of the tour. And they said anywhere on the ship you want to go more is you. And it was like they treated me like gold. They created a dinner for me and Bob and my daughter and the captain's quarters. Uh, have lunch, um, and they sent me stuff all the time. They sent me uh, condolences because I lost my wife here last month. And yeah, we're then, very sorry and, to hear yeah. about that, Mo. And then they sent me, uh, I mean, stuff for my birthday, and they just. They are just like family over there. I mean, family. I mean, um, uh, over the New York, Missouri, and um, but that's a Navy family for you, you know. And um, I go and cook stuff for like I got some friends that are Navy SEAL dudes, and I do some events for them. But this next year, I'm already on deck. I got to go to um, Camp Humphreys in South Korea, a uh, uh, base over there, cooking barbecue and bringing Bob with me over there. My daughter in South Korea, and then we got to go back to uh, Alaska, Nielsen. Wainwright Space Force Base in, in Anchorage. I'm gonna cook over there. So, uh, you know, that's you know, those are the. the you're staying busy. Yeah, man. Just gotta. Well, know. and so, I, I know we're trying to wrap this up, but you kind of have a tradition, and I only know this because I've seen it online. We've never talked about it, but you go, you get different tattoos when you go to different places, right? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, I whenever I go to a new country I've never been before, I kind of get something that's representing of the country. So I was in Slovenia, so I got a, a Slovenian dragon's a big thing. I don't know if it's, can you see it? Yeah, yeah. I see it. Okay, that hurt like a mom. <laughs> and I got thick skin, dude. I, I got I got tattoos all over me, man. But boy, he was getting in it, man. He was digging for gold. <laughs> I had like my eyes was like my daughter was looking at me. She go, Dad, you gonna be okay? I was just like, ooh, ooh. <laughs> it was like clink, 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 clink. I'm like, he's oh, lighting up a little bit. He, he was deep. sitting like man, like he had old school chalk. Like sidewalk chalk. He was like, I was like, well, what up, man? I said, well, why, why you got to be diggers hard? He goes, man, I got, I got to get the color. And I'm like, dude, I know I'm a black dude, but you ain't got to be trying to dig for my arteries, dude. And he was just like, dude. Uh, I'm like, dude. He said, it's going gonna, it's gonna to look good when it's done. I'm like, dude, I swole up like a tick on a dog's ass. Boy. I my stuff, because I, I chelate, you know what I mean? My stuff was all swole up and everything, man. My daughter was sitting there laughing at me. I'm like, look, man. But it, it calmed down. It's nice. But, yeah, when I go to South Korea, I'll get a tattoo. When I go to, whenever I go to Guam, I went to Digger Garcia. I went to Singapore, you know. I bet you got some wild stories. Dude, I got some stories. <laughs> That's another podcast, dude. That's but, yeah, I, uh, but, but, like, you, you were talking. That's after hours version. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I've eaten some crazy stuff, man. I've been I to Thailand, bet. Philippines. I've been mm. all over, man. And probably the wildest, wildest thing I've ever eaten was monkey. In the really? Navy. Yeah, coming out of a bar, man, Philippines, mm. dude. And, and How was that? Dear? It was good as a mama. Got teriyaki and all that bullshit on it. It's good. <laughs> Shit. You got, you got that sing style, what, that, that beer they had over there, that, that, that sing, whatever, that, with the line on it. Shit, we came out there three seats to win. <laughs> little guy, a little cart cuz, and I was like, what is that? And he flat over straight up. Monkey. I'm like, give me a stick. Teriyaki. I'm all that stuff, boy. Oh, hello. Oh, it was looking like this, cuz, on that, on that skewer. I'm well, like, that's a first for here. Yeah. I can say I've never had any monkey. Yeah, I did. <laughs> Lord of mercy. Well, look, Mo, thank you for coming Man, on the I show. Man, I love you, bro. I love you, too, Candace. bro. It's always a good time. I can't wait for and, tomorrow. And that's what it's all about, shooting the cue with good friends and having a good time. You're damn right. I'll see you all next week with another episode of Shooting the Cue. Thank you for tuning in to the Shooting the Cue podcast. If you have any comments or suggestions for future episodes, please feel free to reach out to us on our social media channels or through our website. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast on your favorite platform. Leave us a review if you enjoyed the show. Until next time, keep shooting the cue.